You're listening to Solutions for Earth, a podcast dedicated to healing the world. I'm your host, Broderick, and today's guest is Roland McCready. Roland is the lead researcher for HeartMath Institute. The man is wicked smart. And really, like this conversation has been baking in my field for a, a long time um, because I've always seen HeartMath and everything that has to do with that organization and all the science and the the facts that they're putting out about the heart um, having a big to do with Soul Garden as a whole. So this conversation for me is is kind of landmark, um, and I hope you enjoyed as much as I did. What's what's your journey? So how did you get involved with HeartMath and and the journey with them? I know it's been about thirty years, and then kind of more of a momentary question is like, have you maybe along that process been through a dark night of the soul? Wow. Um, all right, we're starting right off. <laughs> we're starting right off. The, uh, well, I probably need to tell a little bit of a story to answer the first part of that question, uh, Bod- Broderick. Yeah. Um, in my original background and training was in uh, electrical engineering, communication engineering. I used to work for Motorola, okay. uh, for example, uh, yeah. as a communication engineer. And from actually a pretty early age, I was always kind of curious about, you know, electromagnetism and fields and radio waves, and which is yeah. probably why I went into the into that career. Yeah. And I was never really satisfied with the explanations of, of and I still am, I'm still not really, uh, sure. like, you know, because I would ask things like, well, what is a magnetic field? Yeah. And nobody ever really can answer that. I was I always said, well, here's the formula that describes its behavior, you know, and all this stuff, which of course I had to learn, but never yeah. really got to the deeper stuff. And you know, I grew up in the Midwest, you know, and nothing about, you know, meditation and consciousness was the last, I never even heard of that stuff, at, you know, through this era of my life. Yeah, way off in left field. Yeah, but I stumbled across a book and in a bookstore and had an interesting title and anyway, got into that and that sort of led me into, uh, you know, some of the other aspects of uh, a little broader thinking outside of the traditional uh, academic education on electromagnetism and engineering and this and that. Sure. I'm going to bypass a whole lot of the story. Eventually that led me to um, California to get a degree in consciousness studies. Wow. And one of the first, I think probably one of the very first, uh, you know, official degree granting uh, things in consciousness studies. So that drew where, me out to. Where was that at in California? It was actually in Boulder Creek. Okay, yeah. Uh, where I ended back up after leaving for a while. Um, yeah. Yeah, so through that, I got involved in, you know, so I've, you know, learned how to meditate and studied a lot of the different practices and, you know, meditated over the years and this and that and got a lot of benefit out of it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but I got inv- then involved uh, through that uh, experience in the a group to, that was a very humanitarian focus, wanted to feed the world's hungry populations. And yeah, so we introduced, uh, if you've ever heard of it, spirulina to the world. Boom. Yep. Well, Superfood. We were the first crowd to do that. Nice. And the we had a kind of a, an, an event, I guess you could call it, where the National Enquirer, and this is back in the 80s, right? This is a long time, sure. early 80s. Yeah. Did a uh, front page cover story. Uh, I think the headlines were, I'm pretty sure, pretty, I'll probably never forget this. Doctors praise safe new diet pill. Lose okay. weight and never be hungry again. Uh, Some big promises. 
Yeah, well, it uh, amazed me the power of that, you know, kind of newspaper, you know, that, uh, I guess you call them rag magazines probably in the, the supermarkets. Sure. Yeah, but the amount of spirulina that got sold in the next few weeks was just unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, uh, it went you know from a company we built up to you know maybe a hundred thousand, hundred fifty thousand a month to you know, like in the multi millions of sales in a very wow. short time period. That's so, awesome. Anyway, that's just some background. The good good marketing. Yeah, uh, sort of accidental, but you know, yeah. uh, the we took the profits from that and yeah. built a demonstration plant in Southern California to, yeah. to the world that you could go in the middle of the desert and grow spirulina and feed the world's hungry populations. Cause it really was, or is probably still is, you yeah. know, a, a food that has all the nutrients and things that you can actually live on it. Wow. Um, and th- so way, way ahead of our time. Yeah. You, you know, I mean, we had giant solar powered spray dryers and, you know, a whole kind of thing to prove this. Yeah. And that went nowhere in terms of actually helping feed people. Yeah. Why? Well, it's, that was a good question, you know, and I, yeah. let me just also add here at that time, you know, yeah. cause I was into studying, you know, energetics and all this stuff we were doing and, and yeah. consciousness and knew it was about consciousness, I would say in my head, so to speak. So I had the cognitive uh, understanding into that, but it was yeah. really blocked at political levels is the why. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, there was a pretty clear that there were forces that did not want this kind of thing to happen. Yeah. So, in looking back, um, Roderick, it's when I kind of say my idealism bubble got popped. Yeah. And it became a, really a, a knowingness at a core kind of feeling, understanding level for me. And though this really is about consciousness. Mm, yeah it's not just this kind of you know saying you know yeah that uh i sort of understood but really got it and so i basically decided oh the heck with this humanitarian stuff i'm gonna go make money again uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah sure okay that's it it true it's just this what happened so you know way that yeah. was a, kind of a dark night of the soul experience yeah okay uh, uh, to okay. kind of wrap that into into the story here that was one no, I, I really i really appreciate and enjoy that um and that's that is really good and yeah i just want to like affirm in a second that uh it is all everything happening in the world is all a consciousness level thing everything right yeah yeah so anyway i started a, a company in electrostatics and problem solving and very successful yeah. i mean we you know uh, grew f- from a very small company to a you know fairly good sized company in a fairly short time over a three or four year period. And, yeah, and, uh, that was a lot of fun. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, and, but I, I had a deeper yearning, something in my own heart now that I understand that, yeah, that, um, really wanted to do something to help the world. That was kind of what, why I think I'm here Yeah, at, at a deeper kind of, you know, spirit, soul level, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And so another sports car in the driveway wasn't quite doing it. You know, I had a lot of toys and, you know, um, sure. you know that, that kind of thing. Yeah. And it was then through some mutual friends I met, Doc Childry. Yeah. Who was the founder of HeartMath. And yeah. uh, um, so I got, got up with him. I was at, He was on the East Coast at that time. And I was out there for business and figured, oh, I'll go meet this guy. I'm hearing good things about him. And yeah uh, and so i did and figured i'd go spend an hour or two and go get on my plane and come home and yeah i, I think i was there three days um yeah 
And that's where I really, you know, a little bit more background here through all that other, you know, um, meditative experiences and practices and of all the, and I forget all the names now, the Sanskrits, this and that's, and learned all that back then. It's sure, uh, you know, it could whip energy through the chakras. And, you know, we talked about the heart and, yeah. uh, and all that, but it was what I can now know is it was still the mind directing all that. Okay. And it was yeah. after meeting Doc and spending time with him, Doc Childry, yeah. that I really kind of got, oh, no, this heart thing is real. Um, yeah. It's not just the mind trying to do it. There really is a another intelligence there that requires a certain surrender of the, the mind uh, to yeah. really get that elevation and had that experience. So it was a major heart opening for me. And, and I wouldn't say it was the opposite of a dark night of the soul. It was an awakening experience. Mm, yeah. And a, a, a deeper connection with who I really am and, 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 and a knowingness at a real core level of which you have that kind of an experience. Yeah, and I love that. So that basically led me to start bringing some of the concepts and ideas back into my company. Yeah. And I, I can honestly say that I made more personal growth progress on multiple levels of being in three months and I had probably in 10, 15 years of meditative practices. So wow. From the heart practices? I'm sorry? Oh, from the heart practices? Yeah, from the what, that was, that was long before heart math existed, right? It was. Wow. Was yeah. So I basically, uh, um, when Doc said, hey, I'm going to start heart math, we, we didn't know the name yet, but this organization to do these different things and kind of laid out in an amazing way the future of yeah. how he saw the things unfolding over the next 30, 50 years. Wow. Um, Which is what? Time, at that time. And it's all come I mean, right on track of what he laid out back then, actually. What? Um, yeah. Some people anyway, can I tell the future. That. Yeah. I sold that company and uh, <laughs> yeah. I helped him found heart math along with some other you know, folks. And uh, yeah. And, you know, when you, you Google your name, it says you're an actor. No, I'm not. <laughs> you you Google uh, Roland McCready, it says actor, and it shows all the movies you're in, and obviously the lead researcher, but um, I just thought that was funny and, and cool, too, because you've been in a lot of movies. Ah, well, I've never I've never seen myself as an actor. That's true. I've been in a lot of documentaries. Yeah, yeah. So, so maybe, maybe, like, on the, on the simpler end of, like, what is the, you know, starting off with that big one, but, and that was great, very well told, but what is the simplest way? to connect to our heart's wisdom or the knowing? Hmm. Well, it's actually simpler than, you know, I've been practicing and we've developed a lot of techniques here at HeartMath to do exactly that. Yeah. And step-by-step -step processes and that are, are all very helpful. Yeah. But, at the, but at the end of the day, it, it's kind of the secret hidden right out in the open. Yeah. It's to radiate love. Mm. Proceed all things with love. Yeah. yeah, be love. Yeah, it's. I know that sounds kind of like you hear that in all the New Age books and things. Sure. But it's really true at an energetic level. Yeah. Um, easier said than done, and that's where a lot of the heart math techniques and practices really help unfold that. Uh, yeah. That's not something we just flip a switch, right? And uh, Totally. And, and I agree, and, you know, that's one of the things, yeah, Ram Dass says, everybody, all the spiritual teachers say that, but... What what gets in the way for people? Well, the 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 mind. The mind, yeah. Yeah, and you can you can talk about consciousness as three D, four D, five D, but it's really kind of the planetary baseline is, you know, what we and a lot of people would refer to as three D consciousness, which is really the you can kind of look at the mind as a, a, a 
not a it's not a bad guy right yeah it, it's the evolution of consciousness yeah you think of even if the mind is the block you know yeah. and, and because the mind wants to judge it wants to sort it wants to blame it wants to come Categorize. out you know the the i me 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 right yes um yeah and all the stuff that goes along with that it's you know i could say it like it's a very strong attractor sure and what do you mean it, by it, that? Does, it doesn't want to lose customers okay uh, yeah very it's uh kind of the the baseline yeah and so that's the um you know but that's not a uh Again, I'm not trying to make it a bad guy. If you think back a couple thousand years, yeah, the evolution of consciousness. You know, when I hear people talking about going back to the good old days or the times of higher consciousness in the past, I'm like, what are you talking about? You mean when yeah. we nailed people on Christ crosses and uh, <laughs> burned women for being witches? I mean, what what period are you yeah. talking about, right? Yeah, so, okay. So consciousness has really elevated a lot in the last couple thousand years. Morning. And it's incre it's increasing. And, well, absolutely. So consciousness yeah. does evolve. Yeah. So with the, the shift that everybody's talking about, at least through my perspective, and I would say most of us here at HeartMath, yeah. it's really the, the shift is very real and it's going on. Yeah. The next, it is the next jump in, in the evolution of consciousness. Yeah. And that is the integration of the heart and the heart's intelligence. Mm, into yeah. the into the brain, which elevates it into its next level of uh, of awareness. Yeah, and understanding, and it, and it's uh, kind of the eye of the needle that you really can't bypass once you understand the energetic structures of how we're really wired. Yeah, you know. Okay, so um, I tuned into Joe Dispenza a good amount, and sure. um, you know, I've heard this across. I mean, from your organization, from a couple books I've read from him. But like, we're entering the age of the heart, like the fourth chakra, mm -hmm. supposedly. And then, but I've also heard him say that if we, as humanity, don't open our hearts, like we're we wouldn't make it past like well, this. I, well, I think he's right. Know? I mean, yeah. Joe, Joe, I know Joe quite well, and we do a lot of research projects together. And sure, yeah. So, um, yeah. Well, why do you think he's right? And why does that like? If you could like just elaborate like why that is so potently true well uh, the well let me say it this way you know and, yeah. and joe has adopted a lot of our concepts by the way um totally yeah i see you guys as you know, you know like there. coherence and some of those terms he, he got you know i think yeah we're you know in heart brain synchronization that's i'm, I'm the one that kind of turned him on to some of that yeah um, he, but he was he was he had his own understanding of that as well but sure um so what I'm really, let me say it this way, Broderick, yeah. what I'm suggesting here is that yeah. we have a physical heart, right? That, yeah, But we also have an, what we call the energetic heart. Yeah. And that this is not a metaphor. It's real. It's, it's a real thing with real structure. It's just at a vibrational or an energetic level. Okay, yeah. And that is the bridge to what you can call your higher self, soul, spirit, whatever. Every, all cultures have their name for it. Yeah. Right. Or uh, we call it heart. It's the bridge to what we would just call heart intelligence, you know, or yeah. a larger self. Yeah. And that that's that is where higher consciousness and higher or higher vibration that elevates awareness and a consciousness comes yeah. from. Uh, the brain can't think itself, or the mind can't think itself into a higher vibrational state. Interesting. It's the heart that does that, or it's really our larger vibrational self that does that. Yeah. So you can think of it, uh, it I'm going to say metaphorically, although it's really not a metaphor, because it really does kind of work this way. Mm, yeah. That 
the energetic heart is the the transceiver between those two worlds. Yeah. And we really once we practice and learn how we have an inner knob, so to speak. What? Where we can tune ourselves to the frequency, the radio station. Yeah. Right of the next level of consciousness. Yeah. Now you have to, you have to just like if we take look at the neurophysiology. You know, yeah. we can talk about neural circuits and how the brain has to, you know, build new circuits for new behaviors and automatic responses and so on. It works the same way at the energetic level. You've got to, you have to build those pathways and strengthen those circuits and yeah, those energetic conduits. So there's like a, in these practices, you're building a, like a road between your mind and your heart that is strengthened. Yeah, between the energetic heart and well, and the physical heart too. I mean, the physical heart, even at the physiology uh, level, yeah, the, the heart and brain are more interconnected than any other systems in the body Yeah, through the nervous system. And in fact, the heart sends far more neural information to the brain mm, than the other yeah. way around. Yeah. I mean, just basic physiology. Sure. So, so this, the, like the, the energetic heart and the, the physical heart there's a way to bridge them or merge them even more. Oh, right. Love more. Love more. Uh, I mean, and that sounds crazy. No, it doesn't sound sure. crazy, but it. Sure. So I, I, the way I look at it, love, you can look kind of like you, as an octave, you know, and within the love spectrum, yeah. you've got things like compassion, yeah. appreciation, um, kindness, gratitude yeah. are all frequencies within the love spectrum. Yeah. So a lot of the the heart math, not all, but some of the heart math techniques, we start with what's called heart focused breathing, which helps get the physiology into it, what we call a coherent state, kind of an optimal state. Yeah. And then usually the next kind of step is to actually self activate uh, genuine feelings of like appreciation or compassion. Yeah. That starts opening the heart. Yeah. So that you start building that, that's how you're starting to tune that inner knob to connect more with your larger self. And that starts downloading yeah. uh, what we call the heart's intuitive guidance, kind of your inner GPS. Yeah. And so it, it's really about be, that becoming a new baseline, not just when we're sitting meditating or something, but the way na- navigating day-to-day life through that, that connection. So the yeah. more you practice that, the more you build it, the more yeah. that establishes what we call a new baseline. So we yeah. kind of, you know, a lot of people get stuck and you can think of it as a circle, energetic sure. speaking. We, we go around repeating the same behaviors and the same cycles that yeah. could be over months or years, right? The yeah. same cycle. You get in a relationship, for example, and then X happens and then you go to the next one and it's the same cycle over and over. Yeah. But it's that, that connection that I'm talking about to our larger self that causes you to spiral to the next level. The next octave. The next, yeah, the next level of vibration wow. and, and awareness, and that's how consciousness evolves down here wow. in 3D. That's that's a really cool like model, and I've almost never heard anyone say it just like that, and I, I really appreciate that. Um, and this is kind of the next question too, and it plays into this, so maybe it's like an expansion on what you're already speaking to, but like like intuition in terms of our life path and our souls, our, our soul's purpose, mm-hmm. um, and like how that is like interplaying and to the connection with the heart, which they say is the seat of the, of the soul. So, well, that's yeah. what, I mean, they're right. Yeah. So yeah, so it's really, I mean, we're, I'm, here at heart math, we're not claiming that this is original. We're the first to have this idea of the heart and heart intelligence. It's the, totally. it's the major concept of every major religion on the planet. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it really is. If you, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah. This is, but you've, you guys have like researched it and like logged it in such a way that and like, 
created a layman's term way to distribute it to the world, which is yeah. I mean, I mean, as I said, it's the secret hut out in the open. Yeah, and there's all kinds of saying the longest journey you'll ever make is the twelve inches between the heart and brain, right? And yeah, you know all these things. But as I said the mind is a powerful attractor or kind of um, frequency that's it's really it doesn't like to surrender. It wants to stay in charge. Mm, yeah. So, so what's been missing for? Um, I think a lot of people is well. First of all, science is a language that a lot of people believe these days. That's the new religion for a lot of people. Sure. Um, so that's why we do the, the scientific stuff and research. Yeah, because also needed people. need the ABC steps. Here's how yeah. you do it. You know, and processes and and uh, and you know, kind of the journey, if you will. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I love that. So they say, and you know, speaking of the soul, they say emotions mm-hmm. are the language of the soul. And you study the physiology of, of emotion. And, and what do you think? And like, where do they come from? Where, um, where, where does what come from? Emotions. I mean, they're, you know, they're sometimes they're in response to something, but sometimes maybe they're non-local. You know what I mean? Well, they're not. Okay. So we start talking about emotions. Sure. Um, wow. Well, we can that could be a deep dive and we could get really complicated or we can kind of keep it sort of simple. But yeah. emotional physiology is, is a complex subject. I mean, you know, yeah. it, depending upon whose book you read, right? I mean, you can boil, sure. some people would boil emotions down to biochemistry okay. and hormones, right? Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> yes, yeah. they're part of an emotional, of the texture of an emotion, for sure. Sure. Other people would talk about emotions as neural experiences. Mm. I mean, and they do. I mean, there's, yeah. you know, books, you know, all yeah. have these different perspectives. Yeah. Um, we can talk about them energetically. Yeah. Um, at all these different levels. So, from my perspective, it's all the above. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. You know, because it's, you know, I don't know, we have to bring in for higher, what we would call higher emotions. That's where the heart comes in. And that's where a lot of the philosophers and religions have had it right all along. Yeah, but it, but it, what's happened is it's the heart's kind of gotten kind of reduced to this Valentine's Day mushy, sentimental, um, you know, sappy thing, and and that's that's absolutely that couldn't be farther from the truth because when you really connect with what I'm talking about, your larger intelligence, yeah, it, it's it's about business. It's about finally bringing the mind and emotional system into management, yeah, and alignment, yeah. Um, Right. So, yeah, I hope that makes yeah. sense. So, the, so higher, totally. Like, like appreciation, compassion, do help open the heart, yeah, yeah. open that connection, that uh, communication pathway. But that's not what heart math is about. It's not about walking around in happy, gushy emotions all the time. Sure. About learning to follow the the intuitive guidance, which a lot of times is you know your 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 own higher self, if you want to call it that, your larger self. Yeah. Right, which which I am, which I imagine, and also just you know, on my own journey, it's like leads to more fulfillment. Uh, yeah, as you learn to follow it, absolutely. Yeah, and and, and true success for whatever that means for your life. Well, yeah, and it, it unfolds who you really are. Yeah, what your own blueprint here on this incarnation is really about. That's the only way you can really ever know that. Um, yeah, rather than just think it or believe it, where it comes into real knowingness. Mm, yeah, you know, I read, uh, actually just had another podcast conversation with Justin, and he said, uh, intuition processes like something like 65 billion bits of data per second, versus like the mind is like 200,000 to a million. Well, okay, we got to be a little careful there. Okay. <laughs> um, 
from my perspective, because intuition, usually when I am asked about, we've done a fair amount of research around the topic of intuition. Sure. And part of that was motivated by back in the earlier years, so many people who would start practicing the heart math skill set. Yeah. Uh, saying, you know, I mean, it still goes on today. My God, my intuition's on steroids. It's This is radically different than it used to be. Sure. And then the second thing they would typically say and still do is, and now synchronicities, Mm. same thing it's kind of because they've become a way of life yeah so that um um, you know that's my own experience too and and many of us uh, the original founders of heart math yeah that was one of the motivations of kind of digging deeper into that on a a research level Uh, like in the electrophysiology of intuitions what i how i titled the first papers we published on that sure but to help give context that there's really three types of intuition that, that we, at least three buckets I put it in, in my writings on, on this topic. Yeah. So there's the first type we would call um, implicit learning or implicit knowledge. Okay. And that's the kind I think you're talking about when you start talking about brain processing, this and that. Sure. And it's that has to do with things we've learned and forgot we learned or didn't know we learned. Yeah, just through experience and watching things, and that's all gets stored away. Implicit means unconscious memories. Yeah, because we store every experience we ever had, yeah. even things that we don't consciously yeah. realize. Yeah. So, so that it, that is considered. In fact, most of the I read about forty books on intuition back then, and when we oh, well. probably started doing this research, yeah, all, all of them. You know, the old yeah. famous one back then was called Blank and all that. Um, wow, they're all based on this type of intuition I'm talking about. Yeah. And because it's the safe kind of study in academia and things, because it's really about the brain and the mind doing pattern recognition from a current input to something that's stored away and finding a match and having an aha. Yeah. Now, I I could go a lot more into that, but just for time, I won't. Sure. That makes sense, though. Yeah. Yeah. Then the second type we call energetic sensitivity. Okay. And that is our nervous system's capacity to detect very real signals from the environment. Yeah. And pattern match and have you would call that intuition. So yeah. things like empathy, or if you've ever felt somebody was staring at you, yeah, right? oh, you turn around and they are yeah. right. Uh, yeah, that would be in that category. Yeah, um, there are people who can feel earthquakes coming. Mm, yeah, we know we now know through one of our other projects that you can measure changes in the magnetic fields of the Earth. Yeah, preceding earthquakes. Yeah, right. Animals, you know, are tuned more into that. Dogs, yeah. Yeah, dogs, you know, all the stories, you know, before tsunamis, how the elephants break their chains and run away, how they know to do that. I mean, it's just so much of that that, that, uh, is common. Yeah. I mean, China, for example, has a whole system for weird animal behavior for predicting earthquakes. Interesting. Um, So anyway, I'm just kind of, so we've we've done a fair amount in our lab that showed that's a real type of, that's a type of intuition. Yeah. And the third type that you're really talking about is just to help them put some dots together here. We call them non-local. Non-local, yeah. Yeah, which is uh, maybe someday I'll come up with a better word for it. But it's yeah. the types of intuition that you can't write off through the other two types, you know, or yeah. away with other mechanisms that are pretty well established now. Yeah. So that, that's the type of intuitions that… Kind of like telepathy. Well, telepathy would be one of those. Telepathy can also be energetic sensitivity, depending upon the context. Okay, yeah, but it's like someone's across the country. Yeah, or 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 it's in the future, or the future, like Doc on the last 
50 years, 30 years. Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, there's so many examples of that. Yeah. Um, you know, the kind of a classic example that a lot of people have experienced, you, you, somebody's name comes to mind that you haven't thought of, you know, maybe, yeah. maybe a past friend that you haven't even, hasn't been in your consciousness yeah. for maybe years. Sure. And suddenly you think, I wonder what so-and-so's up to. Yeah. You know, and then you get a phone call from them, mm, you know, yeah. the next day or a few hours later or a letter in the mail. I mean, yeah, give, give a lot of examples. But yeah. the, the but uh, I also put the type of intuition that I'm the real intuition that I'm talking about, the big game intuition. Yeah. Really aligning with our our larger self through the energetic yeah. heart mechanism. Yeah. Um, so that we have to put that in the non-local. Yeah. yeah, we've experimentally proven this, by the way, or highly suggested. I'll maybe I should use the word rather than proven. Yeah, but I like that you call it the big game. Yeah, because <laughs> it's it's real. It's everybody's life. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's what elevates. See that it's that flow of intuition is what is yeah. what elevates consciousness and uh, yeah. probably use awareness so into new levels of awareness. Yeah, making better choices and decisions and uh, you know every day day to day things. Yeah, totally. And like, yeah, aligned with who, yeah, who you really are. I mean, how many people do you think are out of alignment with who they really are? Oh, I would say it's the largest source of stress on the planet. <laughs> no, I yeah. mean that seriously. Um, yeah. You know, and just to give that a little more context, uh, Broderick, if you think about it, just think about your own life. Yeah. I mean, um, and maybe in the past, I don't know, say a week. Sure. Has there been a situation where you were asked to do something or wanted to do something? But you had a deeper inner feeling or sense that that may shouldn't be the that may not be the best choice. Yeah, I mean, I'm certain that's happened. Yeah. Well, we <laughs> I'm yeah. certain that's happened. Yeah, you're pretty tuned in, but I mean, even yeah, it happens. You know, even with years of practice. Yeah, so that's that deeper intuitive signal trying to nudge us. Yeah. Um, and, and or it could be the opposite. It could be someone you know. You maybe you fussed at someone or said something that was kind of hurtful, even though you maybe didn't mean it. And sure. An inner nudge. You know, I really ought to give them a call and clean that up and apologize and kind of mend that relationship. Yeah. But we we tend not to do it. Also, an inner knowing. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and then that yeah. plays out. You know, with its own timeline and its own play out versus what could have been had we followed the inner knowing. So I mean, for in my own, own life. You ask for examples for me. When I the story was when I sold my company, yeah, you know, to help found HeartMath. That was a yeah, a pretty strong intuitive nudge that that was my a, a life choice. I mean, this is a multi million dollar company. I more or less walked away from, sold it to the yeah. employees, and to come do what I do now. Because you because you just knew. Yeah, I mean, it was the, because of that alignment, and uh, I mean, in hindsight, absolutely the right choice. And yeah, what's unfolded since then. But uh, it wasn't, you know, like, it created a lot of havoc, too. Sure. Like, in what way? You know, I'm picking up and leaving my partners and, you know, on and on. That, that uh, Yeah. So sometimes you have to have the courage to, uh, to really follow your inner, inner guidance. And once you really know what it is and kind of wait for the dust to settle. Yeah, totally. I, I agree with that. And maybe more on that later. But okay, so this one's really interesting. It's like the human earth connectivity and the, the tree research. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what are the findings? And then what are the implications of the findings? Okay. Um, all right. So we probably need to get some context here. Okay. So in you know, our later, um, kind of more our current interests, you know, we spent 30 years on the physiology of 
what we would call personal coherence, what's going on in our bodies and between people and all the energetic communication and that yeah. all published stuff now. So they're very, I mean, for example, just to give some context here for the listeners, yeah. when you put, we put electrodes across the body, you know, the chest to measure the electrocardiogram or the, the head to measure brain waves, EEG. Yeah. What's being measured is current flow. Yeah. Quite literally, you know, but whenever you have a, a flow of electrical current, why we call them electrocardiograms. It's measuring electricity, right? Yeah. Um, you create a magnetic field. Yeah. In basic physics, right? Anytime there's current flow, you create a magnetic field. Okay. Uh, so this kind of gets into my old old life, which I now know was for a reason that I had that background. Totally. Yeah. yeah. The way it all unfolded. Yeah. The, but magnetic fields go through things. This is why our cell phones work inside. Yeah. Right. Because we're using an electromagnetic field to carry the information, our voice or the text message, whatever, from our phone to the cell tower. Yeah. Cell phones work indoors, right? Yeah. It's the magnetic component that's bopping, even inside of elevators, right? there, going through things. Yeah. Going through walls. Yeah. Yeah. So the magnetic field generated by the heart easily goes through the skin. It's not contained and radiates external to the body. Yeah. I'm not talking about auras here. I'm, uh, although that's probably part of what people think of as auras. Sure. Uh, but this is something we can measure. We can put a, a device out here in the space away from the body called a magnetometer and measure the heart's magnetic field quite a few feet away from the body. Yeah. You can measure a brainwave about an inch away. Right. Wow. So the heart's the big player if we're talking the energetic radiations now. Yeah. So one of the, just, I'm just trying to give some context to answer your question. Uh, some, again, I'm going back probably to the 90s again. We actually showed that the if you measure the magnetic field out here in space away from the body, the heart's field, that it, it is literally modulated or can carry information relative to our emotional state. Yeah. Okay, so we can measure the field and know these days about 75% accuracy what somebody's emotional state is. Yeah. Even if they're not consciously aware of it. Interesting. Right, so we're, think, we're broadcasting, in other words. Yeah, radio. always, always radio. Yeah, always. Always, yeah. Right, so what our feelings don't stop. Part two of that was then we were able to pretty easily show that our nervous systems are antennas that are like an antenna that is exquisitely tuned to other biologically generated fields. So that's getting yeah. into that energetic sensitivity category I was talking about. Of the intuition, yeah, totally. That type of, you know, like knowing what somebody's feeling or thinking or yeah. you know, through the energetics. In fact, this is a, a huge problem in communication between people. Okay. One of the yeah. sources was when there's a mismatch mm. between what the energetic field is carrying yeah. and what we're saying. Yeah. When that when the brain is processing both and a mismatch, it's, you know. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I'm just like... <clears throat> It's like when someone enters your field, which you're saying is like, what, it's 10 times like the width of your your wingspan? Well, I mean, theoretically, a magnetic field never stops, just gets smaller and smaller in amplitude. But uh, yeah, uh, so, I mean, with the, the today's magnetometers, you can measure the heart's field around three feet away from the body before you lose sensitivity. That's the sensitivity instrument. That doesn't mean that's the field stops there. Right. In fact, we know it doesn't because of other experiments, but... But the re- reason I wanted to give that background is to answer your question about the global co- the global uh, coherence initiative about Earth's fields. Yeah. Um, so we to say this simply: we, all of us humans, animals, plants, all live within the magnetic fields of the Earth. Yeah. And the magnetic field of the Earth is housed within the magnetic field of the Sun. 
So yeah. we literally live in, uh, within nested fields of, we live within fields within fields. Yeah. Literally. So um, this kind of blew me away when I, uh, when we figured this out. Yeah. The geomagnetic field, right? Yeah. Everybody knows, I think we learned about that back in probably grade school, you know, the North Pole, the South Pole, and, you know, the, yeah. the Earth. Uh, yeah. Thank God we have it because that's the, what protects the Earth from the solar wind and radiation. So without, without the Earth's magnetic field, Earth yeah. would be turned into Mars very quickly. The atmosphere okay. would be blown away and the water and stuff would be gone very quickly. Yeah. The, field, the magnetic field of the Earth. But if you, I'm going to ask uh, you and our listeners here to time travel back to back when we were in science class, you know, back sure. middle school or whenever it was. And you got everybody remembers that. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. everybody remembers getting to put, most people anyway, put iron filings on a glass plate. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. You stick your magnet under it and, you know, kind of shake it around and they all jump around and, and, and let you visualize the shape of the magnetic yeah. field, depending on whether it's a bar magnet or a ball or whatever. You see the shape yeah. of the field, right? Yeah. But that's, we all know that. But if you remember when you did that, those iron filings lined up in lines next to each other, showing you the shape of the field. Yeah. Right. It's not a homogeneous black blob. They're in lines. Yeah. Well, so that's also letting you visualize what are called magnetic field lines. Interesting. So the field lines of the Earth, mm-hmm. or the magnetic field of the Earth, the geomagnetic field I'm talking about, is the same way. It's field lines. Yeah. It's like a torus. Yeah. Yeah, it's a toroidal shape. It's like a big donut of field lines all around the Earth, right? Yeah. So here, here's what we didn't learn back in school. Okay. Uh, at, least I, at least we didn't. Yeah. Is you can pluck magnetic field lines just like a guitar string. Yeah. And they vibrate. Interesting. Right? And just like in a, well, any string instrument, I'll just use guitar. Yeah. You, you, um, the length of the string and the tension, those parameters mm-hmm. determine its frequency that it vibrates at when you pluck it. Yeah. Its note, right? Or the pitch, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. It's exactly the same way with Earth, the Earth fields. I guess even even more interesting because the magnetic field lines are very long for the Earth, yeah. so they have a very low frequency. Yeah, and the and they are technically called field line resonances. Okay, amazing that science finally named something kind of simple what it is. Sure, sure. Or complexify it. Yeah. Um, and what's plucking the field lines of the Earth is just solar wind rushing by. Yeah. Right, which it travels about a million miles per hour. And probably remember back in science class that the solar wind pushes in the magnetic field on the daytime side of the Earth and stretches it out on the nighttime side as it rushes by. Nice. Right. Okay. Meanwhile, Earth is turning and so is the sun. Yeah. So you, you have this complex interaction of as it's coming by and the Earth's turning, it's causing the field lines to vibrate, plucking yeah. the field lines. I have a great visual image of this from uh, uh, some new NASA satellites that are that study just the, the Earth's magnetic field, yeah. where you can literally see uh, in the, the 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 from these five satellites the the ringing of the magnetic field of the Earth. It's really a cool image to actually see the complexity of this and, and the vibrating field lines. Yeah, but the the point is. You know, yeah. normal, on normal days, right, without solar storms and all this kind of stuff, sure. the resonant frequency, the, one of the primary resonant frequencies of the field line resonances of the Earth in yeah. frequency language is a, a frequency of 0.1 hertz. Okay. okay. That Pretty is well. exactly yeah. the same frequency as the human heart rhythm when we're in a what we call a coherent state. 
Interesting. And we're in a more coherent state when we feel good, when we're in a yeah. more loving, compassionate, kind. Uh, and when, when our energetic system is in those frequencies, yeah. that takes us into our natural resonant frequency, which yeah. is also 0.1 hertz. Interesting. So you, now this is, I mean, this is wild. Yeah. I mean, it's just, we're like the same as the earth. Our heart is really yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So, resonating. Right. So also back to, to science class, tuning forks. If you, yeah. if you get to do the experiment, you know, everybody in today's world has seen demonstrations and knows what I'm talking about. Absolutely. Uh, with the two tuning forks to, to the same frequency and you tap one and the other starts to vibrate. Yeah. Well, that's just a way of demonstrating what's called resonant coupling. Which, okay. which basically means that when two systems vibrate at the same frequency, you can transfer energy and information between them. Yeah. Right? So it works exactly the same way with magnetic fields. With our tuning forks, you have air molecules, you know, yeah. mediating that energy exchange. What immediately comes to mind is everybody at, at a concert all listening to the same music mm-hmm. and everybody's on the same frequency. Yeah. Well, yeah, you can think of it that way, yeah. Well, but but in this case, what I'm saying is, our when we're our our biological rhythms and the main rhythms of Earth are the same frequency. Yeah. So we have the basic physics. Yeah. The, the fundamental basic physics of understanding how we can exchange yeah. energy and information between the fields of the Earth and our physiological rhythms, our magnetic fields, just like a cell phone again. Yeah. Right. You think so, of all the magnetic fields around you right now and me. Yeah. All yeah. the cell phone calls going on next door down the street or the radio stations and TV stations and sure. there now. So how, how does your, your your radio receiver, I'm old enough, we used to have to turn dials on radios to tune the station in, right? Yeah. Um, you, what, you're, so, you're changing the resonant frequency yeah. of that receiver. And once it's uh, tuned to the frequency of interest, you transfer the energy and information. So I'm just saying our hearts and brains are doing the same thing. Yeah. With so, the earth. So I guess I'm I'm curious, like, so we have to be in a certain state when we're in a, like a, a kind, compassionate, loving state, we're harmonized with the planet. And that means we can pick up on its information. And, yeah. Um, and and what uh, else, what else does that mean? Oh, well, this, we probably don't have enough time. Okay. Well, I'll give you an example. So, um, okay. you know, the type of, one of the types of intuition we were talking about earlier, not the, the large communication yeah. Um, most mothers, I don't know if you have children or not, uh, Bodrick, or, right? But no. you ask pretty much any mother if they yeah. have an intuitive connection with their kids. Oh, yeah. And and know uh, when they're up to no good or in harm's way. And they might be on not only, not only the other side of the town, could be the other side of the planet. They somehow know this. Yeah. So what, if what, the, what I'm actually describing now is a plausible and testable mechanism that explains this. Yeah. Right, because we're coupled to the field, and what uh, some of our lab research suggests oh, is that what tunes us to the information that we that our system receives and processes is what we care about, mm-hmm. who we love, and what yeah. we care about. Um, I mean, we have pretty direct lab results to, for that for supporting this idea. So yeah. moms are tuned into their kids, not the other however many billion kids there are. What a mess that would be, right? If if we didn't have a way of filtering that information to. Sure. Interest. Yeah. So, what uh, part two of what I'm suggesting here is yeah. that there really is what I call a global information field that we're all contributing to. Yeah. And that's kind of what creates the baseline vibrational uh, state of, of the of Earth consciousness yeah. in the field domain. Yeah. Now, so, that's one level. So, what we feed the field matters. 
Definitely. Right. Yeah. So be, uh, my call to action usually is become more aware of what we're feeding the field and yeah. you know, and ask yourself, what am I feeding it? Is it frustration and impatience and, you know, or, you know, raw anger? Uh, sure. Versus more kindness and love and compassion. You know, yeah. it, not just our behaviors of those things, uh, what we're what we're feeding the field, what the frequencies we're literally vibrating, are coupling to the larger Earth field. Yeah, what I'm suggesting here. Yeah, so that, that's one level. But to, okay. to, to answer your question, another level. One of the studies that we we did not too long ago. I, I don't have time to go into the whole story here, but as we were sure. me- measuring the what's called heart rate variability, the, the heart rhythms of groups of people, five groups of twenty people in each group are all around the world. Yeah. So we had groups, one here in California, where we are, another one in Lithuania, a group in Saudi Arabia, um, yeah. New Zealand, uh, UK, right? So we were monitoring them for weeks. The, yeah. Their, their, their heart rate variability, 24 hours a day over, over weeks. And the purpose of that study was to look and follow up on a previous study that showed that our our heart rhythms actually is what we now call a slow wave rhythm, a new, new discovered rhythm in, in, the, in the heart, yeah. is literally synchronizing with the rhythms of the earth, the frequencies of the earth. Mm. And uh, which it does. Yeah. So that's been confirmed in, in multiple studies now. But the neat thing was that in the middle of that recording period, we, had, we arranged a time for all these groups to do one of the heart math exercises called the heart lock-in. And this is the one, one, the one out of about the eight core heart math techniques that you could think of as a heart-based meditation. Yeah. Uh, most are in the moment self-regulation techniques. But anyway, they did that for 15 minutes. Yeah. All at the same time. Yeah. Um, and we were able to look at how in sync, at the individual level, all the people in each of the groups were, both with the other members of the groups they were in and with the earth. Interesting. So on the day they did that heart lock-in exercise, which gets you into a very coherent physiological state for 15 minutes. Yeah. They were significantly more literally heart-to-heart synchronized with each other and with the other members of their group. That that was expected. Yeah. The surprise came when we looked at the the next 24 hours. So you looked at a 24-hour window. Just being incoherent for 15 minutes created a completely different pattern of synchronization with the earth. Wow. That lasted over the next 24 hours. And and what did that do? Well, that's, that's the way I wanted to give it. So we're in, I really we're on the tip of the iceberg here. Yeah. Um, but more and more studies are really pointing now to, a, I think, intuitively obvious fact that being in sync with the earth, the frequencies of the earth, the energetic rhythms of the earth is a good thing. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, right, but we have to prove that, right? Right, yeah. So um, I could give you some examples, but what it's really starting to, the picture of it's emerging in, in uh, my and my collaborator's way of thinking is that when we're in sync, yeah. remember I said when you're in resonance, energy, tra- you, you transfer energy and information? Sure. Well, it actually looks, it's starting to look like when we're in sync with, and in, in synchronized with the rhythms of the earth, yeah. that it is literally an energy source. Wow. That we have more energy. Interesting. Is that why, like, grounding? Like putting well, no, earth grounding is a whole other, other thing. That, you know, low okay. grounding might help some of this, but sure. but it's not the same concept. 
Okay. Um, so we have more energy to, to, to heal ourselves, to do the things we enjoy, to self-regulate ourselves, all these types of, of things. That's huge. Uh, yeah, it, yeah, absolutely. And yeah. It, it, again, I have to be somewhat cautious here, but early, early indications are what, what gets us out of sync right it's stress it's stress. really it's the and stress is really always an emotion yeah right? you're stressing me out what are we really seeing you're frustrating me i'm impatient i feel overwhelmed it, yeah those are it's the again the emotional the incoherent emotions or depleting emotions that we know cause a lot of changes in our own physiology that deplete our energy yeah but they also seem to knock us out of sync with others and with the yeah. earth itself interesting Wow. So it's, <clears throat> I mean, yeah, there's so many benefits, energy, but then also our relationship with each other. Yeah. Like what else? I mean, and relationships with each other, like is huge. Like the benefits to those are everything. Yeah. But, but like, is there, is that, is there, well, that's a, I mean, that's, that's huge. Thing, but that, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and if you think about it too, like those two things are so, I mean, they're so important. I mean, if, if we like, you know, as a culture, we valued those things over everything else that we might be chasing that we, again, that we think we want. Right. Um, the, what the, would the lack of alignment, right? Yeah, exactly. Like how much, like how, what would the world look like? Yeah. Well, that's really what the shift's about that we kind of yeah. briefly touched on earlier. Yeah. Which is the integration or the, you know, the mind finally surrendering to the intelligence of the heart, which is what's crazy about this yeah. is that the mind is the big winner when it finally does that because it, it, yeah. it's elevated in terms of its understanding and its function and yeah. um, reasoning capacity. All of that gets elevated. That's so interesting. So the what I'm also seeing here, I mean, those are all great benefits for me and we, right? And uh, when we get everyone. in sync, there's yeah. a lot of benefits we know now from some from, from our studies is people collaborate more, teams do better, yeah, um, etc. But what I'm really saying here, just to kind of refer back to what I earlier when I talked about a global information field that we're all contributing to, yeah. So that is the i think the really the important aspect here because as enough people are elevating their own consciousness to that next level from wherever they are right yeah there's always another level that's the one thing i have learned about the heart in the last 40 years is yeah. there's always a deeper level right yeah and, and a higher vibration and that's kind of the game for me is we're down here on earth and this level of density is waking up to who we yeah. really are and that's kind of the the main big game here yeah. But as we do that, we are now putting th these th a new set of frequencies into the planetary field. Interesting. So as enough people are really increasing their vi the vi vibration, I'd like to call it of their of their baseline. Yeah. So that we are really becoming more being, if if you will, of compassion and appreciation and kindness and yeah and these these types of higher. Um, Emotions would certainly elevate us and, and create more health and healing and well-being in our own systems. Yeah, that's what we're feeding the field, and yeah. enough do that, that. That is a coherent signal into the in field environment. Yeah, and one of the things we know about coherence is it organizes noise. Mm, it, yeah, it literally brings noise into into more coherence. Harmony. 
Yeah, harmony is one of the key aspects of coherence. Harmony, yeah. connectedness, energy efficiency, right? Yeah. Uh, an output that's greater than the sum of the parts. You know, yeah. we tend to look at us humans, you know, as you could think of it as cells within an, another organism. Mm, yeah. There's enough uh, of the global organism, and there's enough cells are vibrating at that higher level and putting a more coherent signal yeah. into the global field environment. All living systems on planet Earth are within that field. Wow. Even people on the space station are within, still within that field. Wow. Right. So th that that is g given a signal that helps lift others yeah. into their next level. So there's a lot of people right on the cusp of waking up. Yeah. That helps, you know, create the and trigger and or it's like a it's like a rising pool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And 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 as people the people who are like down below get lifted up with yeah. everybody. Yeah, based on what well on their level of maturity and, and uh Yeah, where they're at, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Wherever you've got to meet people where they are, right? So Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I love all of that. What about the trees? Well the trees is an extension, so we've part of yeah. what uh one of our projects is probably what about probably getting close to 15 years old now. It's called the Global Coherence Initiative. Mm, yeah, it's where we how I can the reason I can tell you what I've been sharing with you is we've put a a network of um, uh, really sensitive magnetometers in, in locations around the Earth. So we we have the only that I know of uh, time synchronized integrated system, yeah. literally measuring the resonant frequencies of Earth 24 seven. Wow, and we've been doing that for about a year. So we're, that's how I know some of the things I'm, I'm talking about, and we can do sure. human studies to to see whether we're in sync with the Earth or not. Yeah, and the purpose of that is, is for the study of interconnect interconnections and interconnectivity. Yeah. So the trees are another aspect of that. Okay, how so? So, so I'm saying all living systems are within the fields. Yeah. So trees make wonderful research subjects. Um, they don't run off. And they don't mind if we put a couple of electrodes in them. Yeah. And uh, I've actually had two people that talk to trees independently contact me since I, we let, I talked about the tree project to let me know that they talk to the trees and the trees are well aware of our project and very supportive and don't be, we're really into it. <laughs> I uh, love it. The trees don't mind. Yeah. A couple good. of electrodes in them. Yeah. Uh, so that, this is a project where we're measuring the electrical rhythms of trees, and, and trees have amazingly complex electrical lives. They have circadian rhythms. Yeah. And, and uh, they produce voltages in uh, microvolts, which may not mean a lot of people, but that's the same level of voltages when we measure a human heartbeat, electrocardiogram, yeah. uh, whereas wow. brainwaves are in, uh, in microvolts, uh, not millivolts, so it's um, they're huge. Sure. So the, by we're really just launching this project kind of more officially in March. We, we have systems out there now that have gone through beta testing to work out all the bugs and unknowns and, and things. Sure, yeah. But we're going to officially launch it internationally and in, in, uh, probably in March in an event we have coming up. Nice. A global coherence event that we do annually. Yeah. And uh, so basically we'll be measuring the electrical lives of trees. Yeah. And being able to see... Do, 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 do they change their electrical behavior in a globally correlated way in response yeah. to um, not just geomagnetic or energetic rhythms, sure, of that, but also the um, outpouring of human emotions? Interesting. So, so I, then I'm going to give you, um, I'm going to add one more thing to the equation because it's all kind of coming under the same roof now. It's all connected. Are you, are you probably well familiar with the Global Consciousness Project, Roger Nelson and his work? 
I, I've probably seen it. Okay, so yeah. this is a, well, okay, I'll just very briefly. Uh, okay. Uh, this is a project that was started at Princeton University about 25 years ago. Okay. And it's a global network of physical devices that are called random number generators that mm. are basically like electronic coin flippers. Yeah. Uh, they're very hard to make things that are truly random, but they a lot of work gone in, has gone into that. Yeah. That send their data back to a central server. Yeah. And this, these things are all around the world. Yeah. And what, what has happened now uh, over the last 20 years is a very clear picture has emerged. Yeah. That when uh, something happens in the world that triggers a lot of people, the masses of people focusing their mm. attention and feeling something. It's not, it's not mental intention, sure. but feeling things that yeah. it causes this global network yeah. to change their behavior in a correlated way. Mm. So it's uh, most of us that are into this consider it a ma- uh, this really neat uh, globally distributed scientific instrument yeah. that is measuring global, a global consciousness field. That's so cool. So when we something we, you you ping the system something a lot of people feel something. Yeah, it, we can measure it. Yeah. Now, what's my favorite outcome of this work? Yeah. And by the way, the the odds now the, of chance against this being a you know um, uh, a wrong finding are in the trillions to one. This yeah. Is the, I, I just I want to like enter here just a little bit. There's like a like the Maharishi effect and also mm-hmm. like the uh, the like 10,000 Buddhas, like all meditated and like the crime went down in yeah. like Manhattan or something to that effect. But yeah, I'm sure it was East and different, different things, different cities. Yeah. I'm all measured on that system. Um, yeah. Well, they were measuring crime rates, but uh, sure. Sure. Yeah. But, but that, that's really another example. I've been talking about what we feed to field matters. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so the global consciousness project, but by, by, I just have to get this in. Yeah. Uh, events that uh, trigger uh, that have a, a high level of love and compassion. Yeah. Have the biggest effect on the global network. Wow. As opposed to events that trigger, you know, um, stress and emotion, you know, uh, like like COVID. <laughs> well, yeah, or like Super Bowls, you know. Um, oh sure. World yeah. Cups. There's a lot of emotion because we know it's emotion that drives the system. Yeah. But. Um, you know, or, or the emotions that are triggered after, you know, a terrorist attack or a school shooting or an earthquake. So sure. um, it's another neat way of confirming what I've been, been talking about. Yeah, that's so cool. Uh, so it, anyway, we're becoming the new home for that project. Uh, that's now transferring to our, our lab. That's uh, awesome. And I just want to confirm. So trees can pick up on all of that, too? Well, the, 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 that is our um, hypothesis. So we're just launching that tree project. So we want yeah. to we don't have trees all around the world hooked up yet. We're so we're just yeah. we've got a, probably about fifteen of them here in the U.S. We've been beta testing. Interesting. Um, oh, that's going to be cool. So that you can ask me that question in a year or two from now. Hopefully, <laughs> I'll be able to give you a definitive answer. Um, I will. I will do that. I will definitely do that. But but we're using a lot of lessons learned from the Global Consciousness Project over the last twenty yeah. years in that's helping guide the tree project of things yeah. that we know to, to to look for. That's so awesome. So, and how does this all tie into the Global Coherence Initiative, which is from, like, my understanding is is a lot of people doing these practices, but, like, all as a group, all at once. Yeah, that's true. So, the Global uh, Coherence Initiative, is the, it, it embraces the, the global magnetometers and measuring the Earth and people. That's the research side. Yeah. The, the other side of, of it, of that initiative, is really getting, uh, organizing people yeah, uh, to come together to add more love and compassion to the planetary field. Wow! And so we have a, a new app, relatively new app called the Global Coherence app. I probably should have mentioned that earlier. 
No, it's perfect us, timing. That actually allows us to measure the coherence of groups. Yeah. So we have a global group, and, and we do. Um, we've been doing this for quite a while now. Uh, like, uh, well, one now actually is going on today. Today's full moon. So there's uh, yep. there's actually a, every full moon we do what we call glo- global care focuses. Interesting. And why do you do it on the full moon? Well, um, because it's it, well, it's just a, a, an energetic period that it's easier to have more of an uplift. Uh, there is, yeah, definitely. The full yeah. moon is like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then we, there's another group I'm, we're part of called the Global Coherence Pulse. Yeah. That is where a lot of organizations have come together, like Joe Dispenza and IONS and Greg yeah. Braden and a bunch of others, too. I'm, I'm not trying to leave anybody out, but a lot of organizations have come together to pulse the field yeah. uh, with love and compassion. Yeah. So that's the third Saturday of every month. And that's globalcoherencepulse.org if you're interested in joining that group. Yeah. Definitely. And, uh, uh, so in both situations, we use the, our new app, the Global Coherence app. And it's really yeah. neat because it has a map. So when you log in, you know, it's best if you have a sensor that measures your HRV and your actual coherence. Sure. You're able to see where other people are all around the world. It's really cool. You go in the map, and there's people literally all over the world on, during these care, these full moon care focuses and the Global oh, Coherence that's, pulses. That's and then we're, we're looking at calculating what's the coherence of that entire group. Wow. And how many, what we call coherence points, are we adding to the, to the global field in an analytical way? Yeah. And then over time, we'll be able to look at new studies that correlate that and where we can measure how much coherent energy we're feeding the field. Yeah. And look at changes in trees, the magnetometer data, and the global consciousness data. The so it's bringing all those together, uh, I think, for the first time in, in, well, in history. That, uh, in human history. Uh, to do that. That's so awesome. I just had this thought of like, what would happen if government made this like a, like, you know what I mean? Like everybody just did, like, this was just normal. This is what we all did. Like everybody, you know what I mean? Like what would happen? Like what oh, would the world, that, it, would, it would accelerate the shift. As yeah. Well. And then what would happen as a result of that? You know, that's, um, and we're, we're starting to see it, but I'm just curious. Yeah, we're starting to say. see baby inklings of it. Yeah. Right. So, so you're under the impression that like we're just we're just there. We're just like just hitting that. Yeah, I mean, we're What's about the baseline is still 3D. Yeah, I, I, but it's kind of like there's two right now. There really are people living in a completely different energetic frequency than 3D. Yeah. So it's like yeah. two different holograms or domes, if you want, of consciousness co-merging right now. Yeah. So that's the start of the shift. Yeah. And so. You know, it's, that's a hard question to answer The in that I don't think uh, I've actually asked people to envision that. Yeah. I have my own ideas of it. Um, but it's kind of like you, you've probably maybe heard this example before, but, but it's a really good one to answer your question, I think. Sure. Imagine that you could time travel back even a thousand years, let alone 2,000 years. Yeah. Right? And you walk up to a group of people and you pull a Bic lighter out of your pocket and flick your Bic. <laughs> okay. It's something that simple. Yeah. What would the conscious, what would the people? They would be like, how'd you, they'd be like, it's magic. It, it would be, how'd you it, do that? Absolutely. It would be, ah, oh, you would be a god. It would be magic. I mean, yeah. literally. Uh, yeah. It would be so far out of their, of their experience to even yeah. imagine something like that. Yeah. Right, especially when you're just coming out of caves and you're rubbing sticks and sure. Well, I, I, the shift we're talking about is like that. Yeah, interesting. 
if you get where I'm, where I'm trying to go with that. Yeah. So like the magnitude of change is going to be so vast that yeah. most people nowadays wouldn't even be able to comprehend what's about to happen. Exactly. Because wow. that shift, it's not just, a, oh, we're smarter. Yeah. So this is a, a shift into a, no, a new dimension of consciousness when we talk about what? this. What? Wow. That's gonna, it's going to take, you know, uh, some time to unfold. It's not like suddenly a button's going to get pushed and boom, we all wake up and um, yeah, but but what I what I happening. yeah it is happening. And what I also want to say and like maybe just like get confirmation from you is like the more it happens, the faster it happens. Yeah, so like it's I mean, accelerating. I, I hear so many. Uh, I hear the word magic. You use. I'm glad you used that term when I used the big example. Sure. Uh, I hear it a lot from people. God, it's yeah. my magic. What's happening right as now, they yeah. as they come into the new heart bands? Yeah. Um, and magic is just something we don't yet understand. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Like so a- the way consciousness really works as we go into the higher frequencies is, is nonlinear. It it doesn't follow the linear kind of sure kind of laws and rules of standard science. Yeah, it's five D. That's what, yeah, what George Spencer teaches. Yeah, we we would suggest here that the shift is actually moving to higher fourth, what we call higher fourth. Interesting. And uh, that, uh, so that's, <laughs> that's a big deal going from third to fourth um, to higher fourth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, kind of the shift from 2D to 3D has taken 2,000 years. Sure. Shift to, from third to, to higher fourth. And a lot of people are stuck in mid fourth, you know, um, right now. Sure. It, it's a really big deal. I mean, that, it brings in magic that what we would now think of like the Bic Lighter 2,000 years ago is. is yeah. In, uh, the, the level of synchronicity and possibility. And our, our, I would say the biggest um, thing that that will unfold in the next couple of generations of what I mean by that is our true power to co-create. Mm. And, and this is, um, it's huge. And yeah. it, it's kind of the built-in safety, by the way, that you can't get through that eye of the needle I was talking about to the higher dimensional frequencies. Yeah. Judgments won't go through it. Yeah. Right. Anger, all the lower mind frequencies that we're stuck in can't get through that eye. It's yeah. sort of self-limiting. And, and thank God, because if we had the power to really create, you know, imagine that our thoughts actually changed the physical world. They do. Well, they do. But I'm, at, I'm talking about at a whole new dimensional level. What? Like, a nut, like just even more. Well, I mean, like really happened. And it, there was no question about it. Interesting. Um. So just to kind of help you, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I do understand quantum physics to an extent. <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh, yeah, like that, the observer effects and like how manifestation works at like a yeah. you know relatively deep level. But what you're kind of suggesting, what I'm hearing and picking up on is it's even more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and then our level, our co-creation is um, about to just really step up. Yeah, we are. We're, you are right. We're always co-creating. Yeah. Always. I mean, the, the, and that's why it, we start so much in heart math with helping people get a handle on self-regulating our thoughts and emotions. Yeah. Aligning with our heart's intuition because the the unmanaged ones are co-creating and drawing to us our reality. Yeah. So if we're spending a lot of time in the lower, the mind dimension of lower uh, thoughts, emotions, that's the reality we're creating and drawing to ourselves. Wow. Um, collectively you know yeah and so what we want to do is we want to shift everybody into that heart space and so they're all living their their truest selves their most authentic selves and then kind of the whole world's living in harmony 
Yeah, and then that draws the information that we actually need to solve a lot of the current problems. I mean, they're, so they're, cool. they're solvable, but... Yeah, it's a consciousness-level problem. Yeah. yeah. And I'll, I'll give you, if you mind, I'll just, if you don't mind, I'll give you one more example why I say the problem is consciousness. Yeah, okay, yeah. So I, I used to say, I'd read this, and I, I actually couldn't find the, the, the academic sources for it until about uh, two years, two or three years ago. Yeah. That with less, with 10, I used to, what I used to say was that with 10% of the world's military budget... Sure. Every man, woman, child on planet Earth could be fed, can have mm. clean water, housed, and educated. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Ten percent. Well, I, I, I met the person who's actually been nominated for three Nobel Peace Prizes who actually did the, the real uh, nitty-gritty work on it. Yeah. And I can, I'm, uh, can say that I was wrong. Okay. It's less than 10%. <laughs> wow. Um, it's wild. So that's a problem in consciousness. It's not a problem in technology. Yeah, it's like we have everything we need. Yeah, we ha- easily have everything we need. It's just it's yeah. a problem in consciousness. Yeah. That we're with less than ten percent of what we spend on bombs and, yeah, and war and security. Yeah. That we could really deal with the fundamental problems that are causing the separation and yeah. Wars and, and, and and where does and where does yeah it's like how much do we need to heal? How much does pl- the plant people need to heal from all the trauma from all the years? And like, yeah, I, the same thing with Justin, it's, it's wild, but, um, okay. This, this is a really interesting one. So I, I watched one of your videos actually just a little bit ago, but solar activity and human activity levels and creativity levels and how they're all, they have like that logarithmic, uh, matchup. Yeah. Over years. Yeah, that's, that's true. And I have to give credit to the, um, kind of the founder of the field of what's called helobiology, helo meaning sun and, and biology, okay. um, Alexander Chesovsky. I probably now pronounce his name wrong, um, but uh, sure. I've been saying it for years wrong, but I'm sort of stuck in my brain now. But anyway, he's a Russian astrophysicist or was. Um, it gives a background story on, on his work. He was uh, drafted into World War One, So this is yeah. back in the 1920s, right? And uh, yeah. he being an astrophysicist was keeping one eye on solar activity, but meanwhile he's down here on the front lines of war in World War One. Wow! And it, it occurred to him, or it looked like that during high solar activity, people down here on Earth just kind of got a little stupid sometimes and crazy and doing you know more bloody battles and and yeah. so on. So that got him intrigued. And after so after the war, uh, he did an an amazingly uh, thorough an exhaustive study of human history. Yeah. And so he had, at that time, he was able to get access to solar cycle data back to 1749. Wow. And uh, I've reproduced one of his graphs. And what he did from from uh, 1749 up to 1926, when he published, first published his work, uh, made a graph where he, every year he would plot the number of major human events that occurred. So yeah. big events like the start of a war, revolutions, major discoveries, things that had a global kind of impact. Totally. And then he plotted the solar cycle for yeah. the same time period, the amplitude and rhythm of the solar cycle on the same graph. Yeah. And it's almost an exact overlay. It, yeah. It's, it's jaw-dropping when you see it. Wow. And then, then from that, he created what he called an index of mass human excitability. Interesting. So it's it, it's a kind of an early suggestion that I was saying earlier that we're starting to see much more rigorous confirmation of that the fields we live in 
are an energy source. Yeah. And the more we're able to align with them and synchronize with them, the more we're able to transfer that energy and utilize that energy yeah. in positive ways. That's amazing. So like the creativity level spike as the solar activity spikes. Well, so I'm just, okay. Well, it can. It can. It's not necessarily guaranteed. Okay. Um, so as the, the, as the solar cycle, and it's not just, I mean, there's a lot that goes on with the solar cycle. We now know what Shostakovsky didn't know. In fact, he predicted yeah. this in his studies of human physiology. Sure. Back, remember, this is the 1920s. I mean, hormones haven't even been discovered yet. Sure. Uh, I mean, literally. And nor had, there was no knowledge of things like gamma rays, x-rays, um, you know, um, higher frequency magnetic waves that we know yeah. the sun emits. Yeah. Uh, during the higher, uh, the solar cycle, which is about a 10 and a half to 11 year cycle, during those peak periods, the yeah. sun is literally emitting more energy in, the, in these other frequency domains, which we yeah. can usually measure now. Yeah. One uh, that tracks really well is called solar radio flux. It's a, uh, 2.8 gigahertz frequency. Yeah. And uh, so some of our, our studies that we've published in one of the nature journals actually uh, shows that when that frequency is increasing, that uh, it's called the F107 solar radio flux, we do better. We have higher uh, variability in our rhythms. People sleep better, better cognitively, and so on. So we think of it as we have more energy yeah. during those periods. Yeah, and studies have absolutely shown that globally, independent of culture, there yeah. is increased in uh, flourishing and uh, and creativity in the arts and science and lots of things. Right? Yeah, but it really gets down to the maturity of the people. Sure, it can be used that way, or it can be used <coughs> if we're not self uh, self regulated, and mature to go start sure. wars and fuss at people and yeah. Right. Um, so it's it's more energy potential <coughs> that can be used in Either really way. any direction. Yeah. yeah. Would you do you know where we're at right now on this? On the, yeah, we're, on the we're just starting what's called cycle twenty five. Cycle twenty five. What? So is that like a an upswing? Oh yeah, we're starting. We're uh, we're now uh, a ways into the upswing. Okay. I think it, the peak is estimated to be in twenty twenty five. What? Okay. Wow. And how long are the cycles? They're 10 and a half to 11 years. What? 10 and a half. That's wild. Yeah. And then every, every, at the top of the cycle, the, the sun flips polarity. So the magnetic poles of the sun flip over. And then we have a different polarity of the magnetic field for 10 years. And then it flips wow. again, another polarity of the magnetic field. That's awesome. Wow. This is so awesome. Okay. So I'm curious, we're working on a project here, um, and which is kind of like tied into this podcast, but it's, it's a healing center at a botanical garden, right? And, um, it's kind of set to be similar to Asselin or Omega, uh, not university, uh, but you know, Omega over in right. Yeah, East coast. Um, yeah, yeah exactly. Some I've done some talks there in the past. Yeah, for sure. And part of this, um, you know, maybe you can kind of see it, that painting behind me, but that's like the vision. So, and we've got everybody to, you know, build it, construct it, all the things. Um, and then, you know, we're actually there's funders now that are ready to, to do this, but um, the central piece is a Lotus building mm -hmm. and it's, it's symbolic of the heart opening. And in, even from the beginning, from two years ago, I actually, I remember watching like the six uh, episode heart math like videos and i was like there is something about this organization that i'm like i know i just you know like intuitions like this is there's the spark there's just that knowing 
Um, and so I guess my, it's, it's less of a, a question, more of like a, what would a heart math workshop look like in this building with like, you know, there's space for 500 people, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And I'm thinking about like that global coherence initiative, specifically on a full moon, mm-hmm. like what that could look like. Yeah. I you know what I mean? Just kind of walk us and I'd be happy to uh, collaborate with you on putting something together when you're ready. Yeah. I just, yeah, I think that would be amazing. But I, I guess like to put people there that everybody's listening, because most of the people that are going to listen, like know about the project, but like, what would that, I don't know, just like a, a bit of like a visual. Yeah. I'm, is that a question for me or you are? Yes. Yeah, that would be a tough one for me. I think, um, I mean, certainly we can bring people together for events, but, yeah, and that really pulses the planet. That's why we do things like the Global Coherence Pulse and the care, the organized care, uh, full, moon, full moon care focuses. Yeah. But the other thing I always encourage people to think about and consider yeah. is we're always connected with and always feeding the field. Always. Always. Yeah. So um, it's wonderful when we come together because there is there really is an, uh, an amplification effect that when people come together in groups, especially if they're coherent. Yeah. Now we've we're actually starting to prove that that through these other measures that yeah. puts a stronger signal out. Yeah. So we can do that once or twice a month, but what about the other right twenty seven or thirty days of the month? What are we feeding the field? Sure. So I think in a center like you're talking about, I, I would really encourage you to think about how do we really create it as a, as a heart-based living approach. Yeah, totally. So that it's, it really becomes part of the culture and the day-to-day life in, in the choices that are made and the way people interact in the way uh, maybe um, relationship challenges or disagreements are resolved. Because that really yeah. can be done in, in a heart-centered way. Yeah, it doesn't mean you have to agree with everybody and all that kind of stuff. But it, but there's a more intelligent way to. Uh, yeah, that those things can be worked out from the heart, and we. I love that. Yeah. So what I hear what you're saying, and, and I think this is baked into the intention of this entire project, is that it's like it's a diffusing. Like we have these events and these potent events, but really the whole, you know, the whole culture of the place feeds into every other aspect yeah. of people's lives. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I can't tell you how many people that we, we used to do certification trainings here at our facility. We have 160 acres in the, the mountains here in the, the Redwoods. Yeah. That um, drive through the gate down, you know, three quarters oh, of a mile. You're in the Redwoods too? Yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah. Santa Cruz Mountains. We're in Boulder Creek. Nice. Yeah. But uh, so many people that, you know, I mean, this, these could be uh, law enforcement people. It could be, I mean, people that have nothing to, you know, that aren't talking about the kind of stuff we're talking about. They're they're here to learn these techniques to reduce stress, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, whatever yeah. environments they're in. You know, yeah. this wider stuff we've been talking about. Yeah. But I, I couldn't put them on uh, all the hands and toes I've got. Uh, it'd take a lot more that, that literally pop in the first diet or two and say, you know, as soon as I drove through your gate, I felt something. Mm. Something was different. Yeah. Um, so... And what I'm really saying about that, when the people who literally live and work and, and care about your 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 place, yeah, are, are living in that vibration, it creates a field, a literal yeah. field. Wow. Yeah. That, that, that radiates out into the world. Yeah, and it's like yeah. it's and people anchored can in. Feel it, even if they don't know anything about this kind of wider stuff we're talking about. Sure. Yeah. Upon visiting, they're like, "There's magic here." Yeah. Yeah. Totally. All right. So we're here at the end, but. And we, we, we did touch on this a bit earlier, but you, you maybe didn't answer it, but you alluded to it. What's your personal heart-centered vision 
Well, I think I've, I've pretty much answered that. Okay. I mean, I, I, mean, I do what I do. And I'd say everyone, everyone here at HeartMath is really, we do what we do to yeah. help facilitate the shift in yeah. consciousness to a more heart-based um, way of living and, and being. Yeah, I love that. Okay. Um, and you did answer this one too, but I asked everybody, when Soul Garden is complete, will you come share your magic? Sure. Awesome. And this one's really interesting because it's the day after Valentine's Day and it's so central to the heart. But like, what does love mean to you? And specifically for you, this is a big one. Well, that's been an evolving journey for me. Yeah. Uh, Because, I mean, love's a tricky word, right? Because there's many types of love. You know, there's the romantic love, which people would usually think of when you talk about that. Sure. You know, the love a parent has for their child, you know. Yeah. You know, love of country. Um, yeah. I mean, you even get to a point where you love uh, practicing things like appreciating more because it's such a regenerative thing. Yeah. And so love where I've in my evolution, uh, I'm getting to be an old fart now of, of love. Sure. I've come to really understand that love is, is intelligence. It is the organizing intelligence of the universe. Uh, it is the creative force. And that uh, I would also add to that it's the baseline frequency of planet Earth. Wow. Uh, and that we that humanity has just so for so long just been out of phase with that baseline frequency. Yeah. And that that's another part of what the shift is about, is really synchronizing with what Earth has really been about all along. And uh, so we just have to get in tune with uh, it. Um, like nature already is, you know, the, you know, nature thrives, right? I mean, it's, it's vibrating at a frequency that does is just different than than humans. It's more aligned with and attuned with, uh, yeah. uh, You call it unconditional love or the intelligence of love. Yeah. And we're coming back into harmony with that. We're starting the process. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Roland, I, yeah, I've really enjoyed this conversation. You were possibly the most knowledgeable person person i've ever interviewed and uh yeah the just most really right. appreciate you knowledgeable oh, okay. <laughs> i was like whoa okay i'm following i'm following but it was really great but um yeah i just really appreciate you appreciate this conversation and i'm looking forward to asking you about the tree research in a couple years sounds great and uh, also the new global consciousness project that we're taking on so yeah and if anybody wants to learn a bit more um you know they can always go to our heartmap.org website yeah, and there's a lot of free free resources there. Research hundreds of research papers that you can download for free and um, learn more about the well. In fact, means you're mentioning the tree project and, and the uh, global consciousness 2.0 project. Yeah, both those projects we, we really, they really are what I call citizen scientist projects. Or not just me, but so sure. anybody can get involved. So, okay. Now if you have a favorite tree in your backyard or on your property <laughs> that, uh, that you would like to hook up, I'm quite literally, you can go to, to the, yeah. there's a website just for this project. It's called treerhythms.net. So it's the, yeah. the web address, treerhythms.net. Yeah. And you can see if you qualify, you know, you have to have a certain size tree and things and what the equipment is. Yeah. And in about six months, if you want to become a citizen scientist involved in the Global Consciousness 2.0 project, we'll have the devices ready for uh for people to get and become a sponsor and uh, be, uh, and that that's global. Both these projects are global, so. That's awesome. Um, please let yeah. us know. I'm gonna encourage everybody to do that. Right. Also, is there anything else you wanna share about the app or anything else? Well, well yeah, go download the app, Global Coherence. Uh, go to the go. app store, whether, whether it's Apple or the Google store, it's literally called Global Coherence app. 
Yeah. Down by yeah. The, the best to have a sensor, little sensors that plug in or Bluetooth that measure your your heart rate variability. Yeah. But you can use the app without it. There's a lot of neat stuff in there with without that too. Yeah, I'm definitely going to promote that, and I really believe in it. So. Awesome. Roland, Great. thank you so much. I hope you have a wonderful evening, my friend. You too. Nice talking with you. As always, thank you for listening. And I really want to encourage everybody to go to heartmath.org and check out everything that we spoke of, specifically the Global Coherence Initiative, because that connects us all. That's everything. Until next time, sending you all love.